everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rapping with Reef Bum. I'm your host, Keith Berkelhammer. So today, my guest is Matthew Zoller from My First Fish Tank and Bulk Reef Supply. What's up, Matthew? Hey, good. Hey, I'm doing well. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Keith. I appreciate it. I love that t-shirt, man. Kiss my ass. a good one, right? Yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. One yeah. Came, th this one came all the way from Poland when I was doing some Aquaphor's videos. They just sent me a care package. It's a good one. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's got some great color and, and the uh, and the slogan is uh, you can't beat that Matt. <laughs> um, so for those of you folks that don't know uh, Matthew his website myfirstfishtank.com and the videos he produces for his YouTube channel and bulk reef supply focus on the beginners aspect of the reef aquarium hobby but before we talk to you Matthew I want to take care of a little business and thank the show's sponsors bulk reef supply and Ecotech Marine I really appreciate the support from those companies and I also appreciate you folks supporting the show as well and tuning in. I see some familiar faces out there. Um, Scotty Damron, the Herm 14, Star City Reef. What's up folks? And as uh, per usual, this is a uh, an interactive conversation here between Matthew and I, but always encourage um, the viewers to drop some comments in the chat or some questions. I think it's gonna be a really uh, very interesting episode with uh, with Matthew here. And one last piece of housekeeping, all episodes of Rapping with Reef Bum are now available as podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. So if you want to catch replays of the show in the audio format, you can do that on those platforms. So Matthew, man, thanks for taking the time to join us. I know you're a really busy guy. Well, I'm happy to be here because usually you have like people in this hobby who are like really well-known names. And now you just have that, that's my you. first fish tank. Point this <laughs> <No>. way. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So no, I think thanks for having me on. You're actually my, you know, nobody ever asked me for like in interviews, conversations. So I think I think you're my first. So, so. I'm sure this is going to be the first of many. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, right? <laughs> so, um, all right, Matthew. I know you've um, you've had a um, a lot of. Uh, videos on your, um, you know, my first fish tank YouTube channel that kind of talked about your journey, but how did it all start? I mean, I, I didn't dig deep, deep into the archives yeah. to, to kind of see how it all began. Although we do have a, uh, a nice treat, uh, that we're going to show the folks oh, in, yes. in a little bit, oh, but uh, how did it all begin for you in terms of your journey in reef keeping? Okay. Well, it didn't start anywhere near reef keeping. Uh, I'm from Portland, Oregon, born and raised Portland, Oregon. And then after, and then I went to Santa Clara University. I studied theology, Catholic theology, and Catholic philosophy. And after I graduated college, that was 2004, I entered the Jesuit order. So I was in religious life. For those of you who are aware of that, Jesuits are a kind of Catholic priest. So I was a, I was a studying to be a Catholic priest for three years, and uh, kind of took me all around the Pacific Northwest. After three years, I was in Chicago, I ended up leaving and moved back to Seattle, got my master's in theology. Uh, and then in 2008, I started teaching at a, started teaching theology at a Catholic high school. So that was my first career. Uh, and that really lasted all the way until 2018 hmm. when we moved down here. In that time, I taught at a school in Tacoma, Washington. Um, we, my family moved to Hawaii for a year. I taught at a Catholic school in Hawaii. And then we moved back to Seattle, and I taught at an all-girls Catholic school in Seattle. I was a campus minister, a retreat director. Uh, but I'd always wanted to keep fish tanks, right? My, my high school, uh, my senior year of high school, Central Catholic High School in Portland, Oregon, we had a marine biology class. 
which was, I mean, how lucky was I to have a marine yeah. biology class? Wow. You know, we had a marine biology class. I'm not a science guy, but I was like, this is cool. So me and my buddies took it. We had, we actually raised like salmon row in the classroom cool. and we had like a saltwater fish tank in the back and we all, as a part of the class, you had to get scuba certified, you know? So I still remember 18 year old getting scuba certified in the middle of winter <laughs> in Puget Sound in Seattle. Ooh. It was freezing you couldn't see i mean you could barely see your hand it was so murky you know but you know it was it was cool ended up getting certified ended up scuba scuba diving the great barrier reef later in college so it was totally worth it but i always kind of had this like interest because i always took care of the saltwater fish tanks i always had freshwater tanks you know just like really simple uh under what what do you call the like gravel filters the like under substrate filters you know i had all those things but my my life took me a different way and then I met, I met a YouTuber online. I've never met him. New York Stilo. Do you know New York Stilo? No, I've not heard of uh, New York Stilo. Oh my gosh! I guarantee you, if anybody's watching this now, who knows New York Stilo? He is fantastic. He's actually from New how York. Do you, uh, how do you pronounce? Uh, how do you uh, spell uh, Stilo? S T E E L O. Okay. Spell it like it okay. sounds. He was he was an early YouTuber, hmm. and he never showed his face. And <laughs> I had tried to get started in this hobby probably in the early 2000s. And I got so overwhelmed, I quit. And I kept, I kept trying. And the third time I tried, I was like, I'm going to do it. I got back from Hawaii and I started, YouTube was finally more of a thing. Yeah. You could get more tutorials. Before YouTube, it was really hard. You know, but there weren't people to like talk about beginners. You had Bull Grief Supply at the time, but they were they were so far above my head at that time. Yeah. It was so complicated. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. But I met New York Stilo and he was this jovial guy who just used his iPhone, I think, to take videos of his tanks. And he had this accent. He was like, hello, all YouTubers. And he was like super jovial and excited. And he just had a passion for it. And 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 I watched all of his stuff several times. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to do it. So I ended up buying a, you know, I, I couldn't afford it. But I put a little bit of money away each month for my teaching job. And I got a Red Sea Reefer 170. We had this dank little apartment. Uh, my family of four, we that we lived in, in, in Mercer Island, which is Seattle. And uh, I started building it. And from there, it just kind of took off. I saw New York Stilo's videos. I was like, hey, maybe I can make a, a video. And I did. And it wasn't very good. But it was a video. And from there, you know, it just kind of took off. My family moved out of Seattle in 2018. Um, Seattle, we couldn't afford it. We were both teaching full time. And we couldn't buy a house. So we were like, we need somewhere where we can buy a house and that has sun. So we moved to Palm Springs. Mm. And then because we moved here, the price of living, the cost of living was so much less that my wife was able to work. And if and if we just scraped by, that was enough income. Wow. So that allowed me to do this. And so I did. And you know how it goes. You know, you have a couple of years where you don't make any money and then whammo, you make a little bit of money. <laughs> and then, yeah, right. Whammo. Yeah, right. You and me big time. Right. But then, you know, but then I, I transitioned doing this full time and now I've kind of made a career out of it. So it's taken five years. So, uh, but that's all right. Reef, Reef Keeper's heard of uh, New York Stilo. I'm gonna have to check this uh, this guy out. You have to. His stuff is amazing. I'm assuming his he's, voice isn't. He's not doing videos anymore. Not. Do at we all. know what happened. Not what, at all. what became of uh, New York Stilo? No, I mean he he originally had a fire in his apartment, according to one of his videos. Mm-hmm. If you see the is video, that the last video. The whole, the whole... No, it wasn't. <laughs> but then he rebuilt, and then he just kind of disappeared. So I don't know. I don't know. He he kind of reminds me of like um. You know CJ's aquariums? Yes. CJ? 
Yes. Yeah. You know how yes. he just kind of got into football and other coaching things, you know? Right. So I think life kind of takes us away. Oh, yeah. No, so. for sure. You never know when, uh, you know, the plug will get pulled, so to speak, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, the YouTube careers. But, you know, you've got a commitment now. So you got to kind of like, uh, you got to stick around for a while. I, I got to keep going. So. <laughs> All right. So you, um, we, um, I'm just checking out the uh, the chat here. Uh, Marcus Reef. I'm going to check out New York Steelo as well. You got it. Oh, All right. So. All right, you mentioned your start in terms of YouTube, and and um, when before the show started, I I um, I did something, and I wanted to double check with you before I show this video. What yeah. I did was I <laughs> went to your YouTube channel and I pulled the first video that you ever one. made. <laughs> I guess because it's the first video on your channel. I'm assuming that's the first one you ever made. It is. And uh, so we're gonna take a look at that. And we're going to contrast the style of that um, and content of that first video versus one that you made in uh, 2021 this year. So um, <laughs> let's roll the uh, video tape, shall we? Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this video on my Red Sea Reefer 170. I've had this here for about six months, but only up and running for about two months. And I just wanted to show you what I've done with it. Uh, it is awesome and I do absolutely love it. So as you can see from inside the tank, uh, I have Carib Sea Live Sand. It's sugar fine, but it has some bigger chunks in there as well. Uh, the rock, I bought dry live rock from Volk Reef Supply and I did buy the, um, uh, what do you call the kind that is, uh, ah, the reef saver. There it is. Reef saver. Uh, I bought way too much. It took me forever to get this set up and it doesn't look very amazing at all. Um, but I actually like it quite a bit. Um, yeah, I think it's really important as hobbyists to preserve our reefs. And, uh, if that means getting some rock, um, that's reef saver, that's not directly pulled from a reef. Uh, I'm all for that. Absolutely. can't believe 10 weeks has already gone by. It's already been 10 weeks and we have some exciting news because in today's video, we're getting the tank wet for the first time. Thank you to Coral Vault for sponsoring a $150 giveaway later in this video. So be sure to stick around till the end for your chance to enter. Hey everybody, Matthew here from My First Fish Tank in a collaboration with Marine Depot. Coming at you with double digis today. Video 10 in the beginner how-to guide for saltwater aquariums and reef tanks. We got four tasks we need to cover today. Number one, what to do when your gear arrives, then choosing the right location for your tank, how to leak test your tank, and I forgot the last one, <laughs> how to level your tank. Let's try it again. What to do when your gear arrives, choosing the right location for your tank, how to leak test your tank, and how to level your tank. If you're just joining us for the first time and you haven't watched episodes one through nine, I'll put a link to the entire playlist up here and in the description below. Dude, there's so much to talk about there with those two videos. Um, geez. So <laughs> <laughs> how, uh, how did you come, how did you develop the style that you have now versus how you started off? How, did, did you learn pretty much from Stilo in terms of that kind of style or? Okay, so that beginning style is, was very much New York Stilo, right? Um, 
and I just had my cell phone. I, I didn't know anything. That's a you cell know, phone I'd taken video. A, that's, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, nowadays, you can't even tell. Cell phones are amazing. Right. You know, but it was a cell phone video. But, you know, how I've really gotten better over time was Casey Neistat. You know Casey Neistat? New York famous vlogger. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge Casey Neistat fan. And I love his vlogs. And so what I ended up doing when I started improving is I just watched his vlogs and I would copy things that he did. And I wouldn't copy him very well because I didn't know how to copy him correctly. Like he doesn't tell you how to do things, but he just has this gift for storytelling. You know, and the thing I learned early on is is it doesn't matter what equipment you have or what you're filming with. It matters if your content is interesting. And really, as I get older, it matters if you tell a story. Now, sometimes that's easier to do than others. But if you tell a story with beginning, middle, and end, people want to see what happens. And so it's really about becoming a storyteller. And then I've just learned some skills along the way. I've upgraded my equipment along the way. You know, I most of my videos, like my most popular video I ever made has like a half a million views. That was just on a cell phone. You, you know, it doesn't matter you know what, what you my have. most popular video I think it has been. Um, it was a decently produced. Oh, but uh, before I uh, make my comment, I want to thank uh, Manny Palmer for the super hey, for the Manny. super chat. His comment is, "You two make me happy. Keep up the hard work, fellas." Big Manny. Big and Manny heart. was one of my contacts. So as as he was yours, yes, right? Yes, Marine Depot. We'll talk more about uh, oh, the Marine Depot days. Uh, rest in peace, Marine Depot. Yes, we will. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> that was somebody else's. Uh, uh, Bry Mac one. Rest in peace, Marine Depot. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, my most popular video, or one of the most popular videos, and I think it's it's gotten two hundred fifty thousand views or something, is how to remove. Um, glued PVC pipe, um, a fitting. Oh, it's so boring. Yeah, a, oh. Basically, um, if you screw up and you put a fitting into a PVC pipe, let's say it's like a $60 um, ball valve or something like that. You screwed up, right? And you want to get that ball valve back and you want to save it. So I did a video in terms of heating up some pipe that you put inside the PVC to loosen that PVC. And then the PVC melts and you pull it right out. That's um, obviously. Okay. Do you know how much money I've wasted <laughs> with like misgluing expensive like Spears valves? Yes. So I needed that video. Well, I haven't seen it. I need you gotta, to. You got to watch it. And I just <laughs> actually put a blog post out. I'm gonna probably do a video of the um, top ten tips for working with PVC. But this is not about me, Matt. This is about you, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So talk about. Um, what what talk about the equipment in terms of um, you know kind of like how everything evolved with you? I mean, obviously you picked up a, a decent yeah. camera, but um, yes. what, what besides a camera? You know, the biggest thing I learned. Okay, so I always thought like I I've never known what I wanted to do with my life. I still don't know what I want to do. I really this is the the thing I've ever done that I enjoy the most. I love it. I enjoy doing it. I'm so lucky to be able to spend my days doing this and people pay me to do this. Can you believe that? I know. I, I know you can't, it's crazy, yeah. right? Like I love this. Um, you know, so, uh, the biggest piece of advice, the, the, not the advice, but the biggest thing I, I remember somebody told me once is I was thinking about being a writer. I was like, Oh, I could be a writer. Somebody asked me, well, do you write? And I said, no, <laughs> well then you're not a writer. You know, like writers write because they want to write. You know, like, so you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to go do that now. 
if somebody pays me for it, I'm going to do it. No, you have to do it because you want to do it, you know? And so that's kind of stuck with me being like, do you want to make YouTube videos? Yeah, I do want to make YouTube videos. And I'm sure you're the same way. You and I have made YouTube videos for years without making any money. Yeah. Nobody, paid. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and nobody paid us anything. And we did it because we enjoyed making the content. We enjoyed the interactions with the community and we kept going. Right. You know, the biggest thing that separates a successful content creator or a YouTuber from an unsuccessful one is whether or not they keep going. You know, anybody can make videos for a couple months, but then when they see that nobody's watching their videos, they're going to give up. But if you're a content creator, you're going to make content because you just have this drive and this urge to make content. And I'm so lucky. I mean, I couldn't have done this if I had a full time job. Right. I, I, I couldn't have. Right. I, I, I don't have that ability. But because my wife is the breadwinner and is a teacher and has the health care for the family, it's allowed me to do this. So I don't want to pretend that that, you know, my career path has been because I worked so hard and I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. No, I pulled myself up on my wife's back you know, <laughs> as she carried the family and allowed me to do this. Um, but now you've got yourself a pretty nice gig. I do. I mean, I, I can't imagine a better gig. You know, when I was younger, I, I used to do like acting when I was younger. And but then I, I never did it as an adult. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of coming back around now, you know, like you know, learning, relearning how to talk into the camera and how to craft stories. And, you know, but it took a long time. If people see this background, which is obviously the background for my videos, um, this took years to build. I mean, if you go back and look at my videos, you will see how I went from a dank two bedroom <laughs> apartment with my with my family of four, you know, up to this, which we don't live in a big house. It's it's fifteen hundred square feet. But it's, a, it's a great yeah. house. But like how we got to this, it was step by step. And sometimes people will leave comments being like, oh, you sold out, you know, you did this. And I'm like, I, I don't respond to them, but I'm like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like my best year last year, Keith, I grossed $36,000. You know what my net was? $12,000. Yeah. You know, so pe pe people don't understand that when you love what you do, you take the money you make and you reinvest it. And so I have bought, you know, some of these I bought, like some of these I haven't. This one was given to me by Marine Depot, rest in peace. I bought this one. This one was given to me. And this was my neighbors who just gave up. Oh, and no. I just had to take it. So whatever, I took it, you know. So people are like, oh, you, you do this for free stuff. I'm like, I mean, are you kidding me? You know, I spend 50, 60 hours a week doing this hobby. And I occasionally get free things. And I have spent I don't 50 grand, maybe more on this hobby. I'm sure you have too. I don't want to know how you know? much I spent on this hobby because, because <laughs> my wife might be listening, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but you know what it's like? Like as you get better at this hobby, you upgrade your oh, gear. Yeah. You that's know, part that's of the disease. It so like it is. And, 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 and that has come true for me on the YouTube side mm -hmm. as well. Because it wasn't, for me, it was never just about the tanks. I wanted to create a good product. I wanted to create a nice video. So, you know, now I have like Rode microphone, boom mics. You know, I have box lights. I have ring lights. I have blue blue Yeti mics. I bought my first camera. It was $1,000. I thought that was a lot. Then I bought a second camera that cost me 2500 you know, because, and then I bought a drone, and then I bought underwater cameras. But I didn't buy these all at once. Yeah. I saved up the money I made, and then... 
I bought them piece by piece over three years. Right. Yeah. Do you have a uh, gimbal? I did. One of my first gimbals I got, actually. You should check it out. It's a it's a review. I think I made a review on YouTube. Oh, was YouTube. this the, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, iPhone uh, gimbal or whatever? Yeah, the Ho-Hem yeah, gimbal. Yeah, looked pretty cool. I, do you know how I got that gimbal? I couldn't afford it. So I contacted five gimbal companies on Amazon. You know, Amazon always wants to send you yeah. free stuff so that you write a review. And one of them got back to me and sent me them. They said, make a video. So I made this video with the gimbal, which is actually a pretty decent video, one of my earlier yeah, videos. No. And they and I got a gimbal for free. But nowadays, I don't even need that because like iPhones have such like you don't even need the gimbal for an iPhone. It's no, I know. so good with image stabilization yeah. nowadays. Yeah. So I don't even use it anymore. I um I have a gimbal that I use. I have a a Sony A7 III. I think that's what it is. It's a mirrorless camera. I used to shoot with a Canon, and um, it was great for for photos. This I bought this this uh, Canon back in um, 2015, and um, but I I knew I wanted to do video, but it only shot HD. So back in um, three years later, I upgraded to uh, the Sony because I just heard great things about Sony and and 4K. I wanted to like get a 4K camera. Yep. So. I was very psyched that I made that transition. I'm very happy with it. But I also did buy a, um, a gimbal for that camera. The one, my one regret, and I'm gonna, you know, probably have to make another investment pretty soon, is that the uh, the Sony. And now, now we're kind of geeking out here on, on photography. And I'm not, I'm not, I might, <laughs> we might be losing a few of the uh, the reef keepers that are watching here, like expecting some reef tank talk. But we'll get back to we're getting <laughs> back to that. I promise. We're gonna be talking reef stuff. But um, so the only problem with this um, the Sony camera is that I in 4K I can I can't shoot um, super slow mo stuff. Slow mo, you know, yep. like the 120 I, I frames per second. So it can only do 60 uh, frames per second. Well, because in order to get a 4K camera that shoots more than 60 frames per second, you're looking at like three, yeah, four no, grand. Like they're so, and they're all full frame. Yeah. You can't get a crop sensor. You have to get full yeah. frame. Yeah. <laughs> you're uh, you're getting some kudos for the uh, fish tank room back there, Matthew. That's nice. This one's empty, but it looks good. I actually have seahorses now, which nobody knows about because I haven't been making my first fish tank videos, but I have seahorses now. Um, yeah, no, you're doing pretty well, dude, because I've been at this uh, hobby for 27 years and I only have six tanks. So you're like breathing down my neck here with the uh, with the four tanks. You might have what do you, you might have more tanks off screen. I don't know. I have more. You over got there. more over there. Yeah, you can't see them. <laughs> so um, talk about the. Um, I want to relate a story to you about Marine Depot, but talk about the journey that, um, you know, brought you to Marine Depot. Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah you, you go. go. You got, because okay. you were there first. <clears throat> was I really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got it. It's all yeah. right. You're right. Oh, I was. Yeah, right. And then, that's right. Then then you came on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, it's all thanks to Cat. Everyone knows Cat, right? We all know Cat. Cat, yeah. Um, Cat. Cat. Work for Marine Depot. She she's so well known in the. She's hobby. A, like a marketing and marketing I, and social media guru. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And she was a guest uh, on the show. It, it was, actually, it, it's all thanks to her. Was yeah. she really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can probably credit most of my career in the last two years to Cat, to be honest, because she introduced me to Wayland, which Wayland was the owner um, of of Marine Depot, and I remember. I, she was like, well, you know, she really liked what I did and was like, hey, do you ever consider working for Marine Depot? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. You know, I was small. You know, I had a decent Instagram following, you know, maybe seven, eight thousand. So she just like randomly reached out 
to her, excuse me, or did uh, you guys know each other well, before? You no, know, I no, but I had met her okay. at a Reefa Palooza yep. in Los Angeles, and um, I was surprised because she knew who I was, which was surprising to me. And she evidently she had watched my videos for quite a while. I, I didn't know that. Um, I was surprised. I'm like, oh, you're a cat. I know who you are. So anyway, we kind of talked a little bit there. That was several years ago now, pre-COVID, obviously. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so 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 she was like, "Hey, you maybe want to do something for Marine Depot?" We didn't know what it was at the time. So I remember I took the for anybody who's been to Palm Springs, my family took the um, tram up to the mountaintop. I don't, you've never been here, but it goes from the desert floor up to like ten thousand feet in ten minutes, and you go to like the you know the very top of the mountain, which is gorgeous. Cool. And I remember I got a phone call from Wayland. I have still to this day never met Wayland. I don't know if you have. have um, you met just via video chat. Okay, I've never even video chatted with Wayland. I talked to him once oh. on the phone. Like that was that was literally <laughs> it. And he, well, I talked to him on the phone. And what he wanted me to do is he wanted me to write blogs for Marine Depot. They're going to pay me two hundred a blog, but it was going to be as an anonymous staff writer. Hmm. And uh, so I thought about it. And I called him back a couple days later and I said, no, um, I said, I don't, my goal is not to, my, my goal was not to have an active income, which meant I just had to write constantly. I do write, but I'm, I'm not a writer at heart. I mean, I do it more cause I have yep. to, you know? So I, I said, no, I said, but here's what I would be interested in doing. And that's when I proposed my whole idea about making videos for Marine Depot. And I said, we could both share ownership of it and you could pay me this much money. And they said, yes. And this was just, you know, this was pre COVID and they said, yes. And so, okay. So I ended up going out to the Marine Depot headquarters, which is like a two hour oh, drive. Wow. I went out there one time, one time I met with their video guy at the time, Michael, who quit soon thereafter and moved on <laughs> to other things. And we made this 10 video series. I didn't make a dime. They didn't pay me anything. Like I made nothing. And uh, But what happened is that got my name and face out there. And I figured that was valuable yeah, to me. Sure. You yeah. know, to get to get me out there. Because Marine Depot. It's a big deal. Probably at the time was the yeah. second biggest after Bulk Resupply. Used to be the first yeah. biggest. And so I made these videos. And they were vlog style. They were very Casey Neistat. And uh, you should watch it. They're actually pretty good. I did drone footage in like every single video, and it was it was fun to make, but it was a ton of work to make those videos. And then after ten videos, they're like, "Well, man, we love this. Let's keep going." So then I met Manny, and I met Steven, and they're like, "You know what? We don't feel right about not paying you. So give us a proposal." So I gave them a proposal, and they, to my surprise, said, "Yeah." I mean, just simple as that. Let's do it. So I started making videos for them every single week. And Michael, who was working for them, quit just oh, soon thereafter. Time. It was, yeah. And then and then the pandemic hit and they had nobody, nobody in their media, like n nobody to make videos. So I became their de facto face of Marine Depot, even though I'm, I've never been a Marine Depot employee. I've always been my first fish tank. I've just contracted right. with them. But they didn't have anybody, you know, so... I kind of fill that void and that's really where, you know, I gained strides as a YouTuber and where I had to hold myself to a timeline and I had to produce content yeah. on a consistent basis. And that's, you know, when your feet are to the fire is really when you learn the most. And that 
continued until the day Kat called me and said, hey, bad news. Marine Depot was sold today. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as you as you also know. Yeah. About <laughs> no. Yeah. So Cat um, was also the one that reached out to me. You know, and I, I Kat mm-hmm. and I had met before. So I, I'd known. Uh, she's Kat, great. Yeah, she's so great. Awesome. And, and so, um, yeah, she, she kind of, um, I, I don't exactly remember what she said to me, but um, she floated the idea out about potentially doing some video collaboration with um, yeah. Marine Depot. And, and she said, you know, there's a guy that's doing videos for them, uh, Matthew. Why don't you go check out some of his videos? So, you know, I did my due diligence and, and watched a lot of your videos. And I was like pretty much blown away. I was like, <laughs> this dude is good. You know, and um, I don't know at what point, but I, I was talking to Waylon and I was talking to Manny and, and maybe Steven. I, I don't know the whole timeline in terms of who I was talking to and when. But basically, I said to them, maybe it was via email. I was like, listen, if you're expecting videos like this, like this guy Matthew is producing, I'm not your man. And basically, I, I was like bowing out. I was like, I can't do that, you know, but they're like, listen, you know. So what you you've got you. your own style and and uh, we've totally. seen your videos and we think it would be a, a great fit. So if you're game, let's do it. I, I think that's how it went down. Yep. So I was like, all right, cool, let's uh, let's do it. And so yeah, I was I was doing a lot of stuff and and um, I did you know we uh, we uh, brainstormed built that new tank and yep you know we we brainstormed on some some stuff because I'm a I'm a stickhead I'm I'm you know I'm big big into the SPS and all that stuff. So I did some videos. It was kind of like. Um, focusing on on sps and and then i did my the three what was it called the three glass walls series yes and then i did the um we we basically they were like hey you know i i, I started that um video series as a 24 part actually it turned out to be a 25 part video series i just put out my last episode uh, <laughs> and and oh sad. yeah but um so they were like yeah we let, let's put that on marine depot as well so we were um basically it was uh sharing content you know i would i would put content uh, together for them and it would go on to the marine depot uh, youtube channel and then once it hit you know once it dropped that that's the word right dropped on the uh marine depot so. uh, channel then i dropped it on on Re- the refund youtube channel right. so uh yeah it, it was uh it was pretty awesome and um you know there were also sponsors of that um three glass walls uh, video series so there were great partners i was i was definitely uh bummed big time when i heard that they yep. were uh moving on and there was a lot of uncertainty right for us in terms of what was going to be happening in the future oh it was complete uncertainty i mean you know i i, I mean when i say i was making a decent income i told you how much i made thirty six thousand dollars right but for being in this hobby that's amazing you know to to, to like do what you love and i remember they told us, and like literally, it was like just over a month until it was all gone. And and like for me, the videos were a big part of that. But I also had my website, right? And my website was pulling in a thousand a month. To be honest, it was pulling in good income, and it was all affiliate sales, and almost entirely through Marine Depot, you know. And so then overnight, that disappeared, you know. And so we were left kind of like. What do we do now? <laughs> no. And, you know, luckily you and I were both picked up by bulk resupply, um, which has been, I don't know about you, but it's been fantastic. I, I love it. 
like I love working with BRS. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> it's so, so awesome. talk about that. You know, talk about how how has it changed things for you in terms of the amount of time that uh, you now spend producing videos. Has it um, has it changed that, or are you still pretty much spending the same amount of time producing videos? You just have less time to do videos for my first fish it, tank. It's 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 definitely changed. Before my content, so when I was at Marine Depot, I was making one video a week, and then but I was also. I had a blogger at the time, Max, he was working for right. me. So I was also cultivating the website because I was making money through the website as well. And so I was kind of splitting my time there. Um, but when it came to Bulk Reef Supply, it it became all about the videos, 100% about the videos. And instead of making one video a week, I made two videos a week. And for those of you who are YouTubers out there, and Keith knows this, you know it takes a ton of work to make a video. It's a lot like, of work. If you care about making videos and you're not just shooting it and then you're uploading it, it takes so long. And it's not just filming the video. You know, I write pages of scripts. So you can't, uh, so for you every... can't do run and gun videos for bulk resupply? That's not... To... No, I'm okay, here, let me... I'll, I'll give you behind the scenes. Ready? I just filmed this video today for bulk resupply. How to feed fish. Okay? Single spaced. One, two, three pages. I have to write scripts for everything I yeah. do, you know? So you write the script, then you figure out what the A roll is, what the B roll is. Then you have to actually do all the filming. You have to do the lighting. You have to move the lights around. Then you have to do all the editing. Then, I mean, it takes forever to do a YouTube video, which is part of the fun of it. Like, then you're really proud of your work. I'm sure you look back at some of your videos and you're like, that was a good video. Like, I put a lot of time into that. And I'm pretty proud of that. But anyway, my work with BRS has become video content and my goal is my goal has always been to get ahead because when you work for yourself like you and i do we don't get vacations no one pays us to take time yeah. off you know we get time off when we schedule time off you know which is fantastic don't get me wrong i love that but that means if i want brs to have consistent content and i want to have a vacation i need to be weeks ahead right so that i can disappear so my first two months has literally been me working seven days a week, every day, to get two weeks ahead. And I'm happy to say that last weekend, I got two weeks Sweet. ahead. But, but, then, but then Randy called me yesterday, uh -oh. and I had to talk to Randy. And he's like, hey, we're doing this big, I won't talk about the details, but we're doing this big thing. We need you to make three videos a week. And I'm oh, like, whoa, that's a lot, man. I was like, Randy, I just <laughs> got ahead. I just got ahead, and now you're giving me more projects? And... But I'm happy to say yes because Randy's fantastic. So I, how can you say no to Randy? He's just such a nice guy. Yeah, no, those guys are great because, uh, you know, like yourself, I was definitely, uh, all right, uh, what the heck is going on here? Because that was, uh, that was a nice little income in terms of doing the collaboration with, with the Marine Depot. Yep. And, um, but yeah, so, you know, Kat was like reaching out to me and, and was just, uh, you know, listen, I'm going to set up a meeting with uh, you know Randy and Ryan, and you guys can talk, yep, and same for me. Guys can talk about uh, all that stuff, and and um, you know, I um, I just really, in, in terms of for me and and what I do, and the amount of time that I have to spend on on videos, I just didn't think I would be able to step in and fulfill the kind of role that you're fulfilling with those guys. I also I also totally. felt like I wasn't, um, you know, maybe the right or the best fit in terms of what I do. They, they, they seem to cover a lot of stuff in terms of SPS. So I don't know if they had a hold there or not, 
but I just, um, I, I really wanted to try to like figure out a way that I could, you know, hopefully get their support and it worked out. And I was very, very psyched that they were willing to, uh, support me and my work on, on YouTube. And it's been awesome to have them and, and Ecotech Marine in, in, uh, my corner, two great brands and I'm thrilled about it. Oh yeah. You know? No, I think it's, I mean, you and I, uh, I, I think we're both great at what we do to be honest, but we have such different niches. Yeah. You know? And, and, and that's, and that's fantastic. You know, uh, I've watched so many of your videos, really? you know, because I, uh, oh yeah, tons, because I don't know anything about SPS corals. Like you want to start, I, I mean, I just don't, you know, I've always gone with, e I've always focused on beginners. So I've only ever focused on beginner things. So sometimes I watch yours and like, didn't know that, didn't know that, didn't know that, you know, and you have such a calming presence about you you know and my presence when i'm on camera is like oh it's all <laughs> over the place and so it's you know which is is not necessarily how i am in real life but you know uh so yeah i've really enjoyed watching your stuff and i'm i'm so glad that randy and you know the randy was and ryan were able to keep you on because i think you're a, such a good rep like representative for the brand and for and, and for ecotech well you know i think you know in terms of what i do um, you know, on YouTube and it seems like you're doing the same thing is I'm just really trying to, um, communicate my journey and my experiences and, and hopefully try to pass along something, you know, some sort of nuggets of knowledge that folks can, can totally. learn from. I've been doing it for so, so long and I, you know, I made a lot of mistakes, but I've, I've done some things right. <laughs> you know, I've had a lot of successes, but I've had some pretty, uh, amazing failures and some recent failures that are very humbling. You know, I mean, I could tell you. Well, I remember. Wait, in, in that in that new tank, didn't you have some sort of outbreak in, in that in that new tank? I remember watching some video. Uh, I had a couple issues. Well, I had a major dinos uh, outbreak. Yes. Which, which um, that's what you it know, was. that was the second time I ever had dinos, and and the first time I had. Pull your hair. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I wish I could, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, pull, pull the chin hairs yeah, out. Pull yeah, the chin yeah. hairs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had dinos uh, five years ago, six years ago in my 187 gallon, you know, SPS dominant tank. And, and uh, I eventually, you I broke, broke that down, tank right? down because I was so frustrated. I never had that, you know, had, had dinos before. You know, in retrospect, I should have tried UV because that was like one of the one, one things I did not try with that tank was UV. But I was like reading, you know, reef discussion boards and just picking up a whole bunch of bad advice from people and and actually it was my fault because i um i was just kind of taking the um you know the shotgun approach just like trying this and yep. trying that and just randomly doing things without really thinking them through and i was just kind of going against a a big um thing that i always tell people to uh, to think about which is to to not act quickly and to really think hard and do your research and i wasn't doing that and i paid the price for that failure well, it, it's so, I mean, one of the biggest advice I give beginners all the time, and I only give this to beginners, I say, don't, don't go to the forums. And I, I only give it to beginners. As an intermediate or advanced, absolutely go to the forums. But as a beginner, there is so much that's just not helpful. Like, and there's people who are just always going against each other. And unless you, un, un, unless you know how to sift through that, forums can be a nightmare. Yeah. You know, I love forums nowadays, but when I started, oh my gosh, I got so much bad advice from forums. Like, oh, I never do that. Like, oh, quarantine. Oh, that's such a bad idea. That's just a waste of time. That's just businesses saying, hey, buy our gear. I'm like, no, I've learned now. That's ridiculous. You're wrong. Yeah. 
quarantining is amazing and you need to do it. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's uh, the only thing that's stopping people from quarantining is money because it, uh, it's a little extra yep. expense in terms of setting up a quarantine tank. I mean, I had uh, never had a quarantine tank for my SPS until, um, you know, the past uh, year or so when I set up the uh, the new Peninsula tank. And, you know, listen, I knew it was a great idea. And, and it's just it's tough because if if you get some certain, you know, parasites and whatnot, certain bad guys in your <laughs> tank, then it, it could potentially be game over. Totally. So a quarantine tank totally. makes uh, makes total sense. But um, what happened? Uh, oh, yeah. With the Peninsula tank, another major thing that happened was uh, I lost. Um, how many fish did I lose because of a, uh, a siphoning accident? I had some. Um, yes. Were your, uh, were had, your, your, your nitrate some, or something? I had, was it? I had a major um, overdose of, uh, of nitrate. It, it back, siph- I it saw back that. siphoned into the sump. And yep. um, it, it, um, I was um, I was lucky I didn't lose all the fish because I was sitting here. I, I, I came, you know, I did a um, I did a water change. I was doing maintenance, and I was cleaning one of my um, uh, peristaltic uh, dosing pumps. And um, so I had mounted this dosing pump about five feet up <laughs> off the floor because I needed to put it there because I didn't have the room down below. Yep. And so um, you know, and I had the liquids all the way down on the floor. And, and I, I never, I never really even thought about possibility of back siphoning as, as something that. Well, because usually those peristaltic pumps pinch. Well, pinch yeah. Enough, what right? I did was I took the, the tubing around the, uh, the rollers, I took it out and I cleaned it. So it basically opened up the channel. Oh, it, that's what it opened up the channel. So, um, <sighs> anyway, I finished the maintenance and everything looked great. And I think I went out skiing and I came back like an hour, hour and a half later and I came downstairs and I looked at the uh, the tank and none of the fish were out. You know, I've got like 20 plus fish in that tank. I'm like, oh, that's odd. All right, I guess uh, maybe they're sleeping in or something. I don't know. I, you know. <laughs> so I went to my desk, which also faces a fish tank, and I started doing a little uh, work. And the next thing I know, a fish jumps completely out of the water. And, oh, that's not and a good sign. And then I look over and I look even closer and the fish are just freaking out. and They're not happy at all. And then I went into the. Uh, so okay, wait. What did you think it was at that I had point? No, like, what were I had thinking? no clue. I thought maybe okay. it was um, something electrical. Um, totally. I I really had no clue what was going on. So finally, I looked. Uh, I was looking around, almost like in a panic, and I saw one of yep. my uh, dosing containers, which is a thousand mil, uh, millimeter or milliliter uh, dosing container, was empty. Oh, the nitrate. No. I'm like, holy smokes. And, uh, yeah, that's what it was. And, and did massive water changes. And, and I had, um, a couple of weeks before I basically had picked up my Holy grail fish, which is a miss bar regal angel fish. And did it, it die? survived. Oh, it, it survived. Did. It survived. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wait. So how many gallons was that water change? Uh, I think I probably did a 50% uh, water change at the beginning, and then um, subsequent. How, how many gallons of that tank was it? It's a 225 gallon tank. You know, okay. so yeah. it's, it was not <laughs> a small amount of water that I had to. Uh, did you have that much salt water on hand? Um, I I have a 50 gallon drum. Is basically okay. What Same with me. I have. So you just have to refill it, yes. keep going, and yes. So yeah, it was gotcha. <laughs> day in and day out doing that. Yep. Um. So. Let me let me um let me just take a uh, look at the chat here. Uh, Scotty Dameron, I love the honesty and the transparency that Matthew projects. The honesty really makes you like everything you guys do. All I can say is thank you. That's hey Remy Bahama Lama Coral is in the house. Oh Remy, 
a fellow BRS. Oh, what's Remy saying here? What's up? Uh, he's talking to other people in the chat. He's not talking about us. Of course yeah. he's not. He's so popular. I mean, Remy is so popular. Like, <laughs> Rem- Remy. I mean, he's a radio personality. Like, everyone in St. Louis knows him, oh, right? Yeah. No, he's awesome. Um, all right, man. So talk about, let's talk about reef keeping, right? So you have all these tanks. Do it. How much time do you spend on maintenance on these tanks? <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys a little secret, okay? About two months ago, I hired someone to help me with them. Mm. <laughs> like, I couldn't. Really? I couldn't keep up. I did. I did. And uh, so, okay, so I maxed out at eight tanks. Oh, you've got eight tanks now? No, I no, I don't. I maxed out at eight oh. tanks. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I cannot keep eight tanks. It was too much because, I mean, just doing like phosphate and nitrate tests on eight tanks using the Hanna checkers yeah, took nuts. like an hour and a half. Yeah. Like it, it took forever. And so I now have one, two, three. I only have four active tanks right now. But I hired someone. And I know people probably leave snarky comments down below because <laughs> I hired someone. But like it saves my life. Like I, I hired someone five hours a week. He, he actually did house sitting for us. And he loved my tank so much that he's he's built his own saltwater oh, tank. Oh, cool. So he wants to learn about the hobby. Cool. So I'm like, great. Come over here. So he comes over every Wednesday for five hours. And I basically have him do water testing and water changes. And that is a huge help. I mean, a huge help. I still, I mean, I still do a lot. But that is a huge help. And now I think I've narrowed it down to what I want. So I have over here, this is a JBJ RF-65. This is the tank, if anybody remembers, who, who's, who's watched my channel, that I cracked. Yeah, seahorses. I cracked it when I first got it because I was ridiculous. I tried to pull it off the pallet, and I chipped the bottom of it. And then I went in with super glue and fixed it. And everybody said, throw it away. And they might be right, but to this day, the super glue still is still holding. The water. It's still holding, so we'll have to wait and see. But this was always going to be a seahorse macroalgae tank. So I worked with um, Felicia McCauley, who uh, she's written tons of stuff for uh, the Coral Magazine. She also, anyway, she's a seahorse expert. So I've worked with her, and I've worked with Tyler at Inland Reef. Um, I don't know if you follow his stuff. Fantastic stuff out of St. Louis as well. And so he was my macroalgae guru. And so I basically set this up as a macroalgae tank first. And then I got these, these jellyfish, these, I forget what you call them, these little tiny jellyfish. And I was told that they might sting the seahorses. So then literally this just sat here for six months. But then somebody said, forwarded me an article and said, oh, the erectus seahorses, they're so big, it doesn't matter. So I was like, oh. So then I went to Alyssa Seahorse Savvy, bought the seahorses, and now this tank is looking fantastic. So I'm really happy about that. Yeah, then back here I got my my reef tank. I feel like every hobbyist needs a reef tank. Like, I'm not gonna lie, it's not my favorite tank. My favorite tank is this tank. I just the macroalgae is so gorgeous. I love it. But I'm like, I, I can't say I'm a hobbyist if I don't have a reef tank of some kind. <laughs> you gotta have a reef tank. So it's you know, and, and so this is my reef tank, and this one was back in the Marine Depot day. I bought this tank. I bought this tank. I got a discount from Marine Depot, but I bought this tank. <laughs> I did. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a great tank. You know, I, I just put the corals in. I have a frag tank over there. Everything's going well. Stocked with fish. Pretty happy with that. This was my big experiment tank. This was my clownfish harem tank. And, of course, being inspired by Bulk Reef Supply, 
their 120 gallon yeah. or whatever size it was where they put in like 28 clownfish. Yep. Remember that? You know? So I was like, okay, can you do it with a 65 gallon? This is a reef octopus tank. And this one was given to me. Okay. This one, this, I didn't pay for this tank, but I paid for the lights and everything else. Um, this one was given to me and, uh, I was like, okay, so can you do, basically it's 40 gallons up top and 20 gallons down yep. below. So it's like a 40 gallon yep. breeder, you know? And yep. I was like, so can you put a harem in that size of a tank? Mm. And let me tell you all right now, whoever's watching, no. <laughs> it's not going to end no. well. <laughs> no, you cannot. Okay. You cannot do it. It's too small. You need a bigger tank. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it, it hasn't failed, but it's pretty close to a failed. Now there are only five clownfish left. Not They haven't died. Two have died, but I've literally built a whole bunch of other tanks just to house yeah. them. So like two of the clownfish are here and two of the clownfish are here and two of the clownfish are there. And now five seems to be the number. Okay, because the problem with a clownfish harem tank is they they spread out. So a clownfish, I've learned, need two feet in every direction. So if they claim the center, they're going to guard two feet to the left and two feet to the right. And they're going to bully. They're always going to choose one to bully on. And so then I move that fish. Well, then guess what? Then they choose the next yeah. smallest. And they bully. And it just goes just, down the line. You need a bigger tank. Like, you really do. So I have five now, and they're bullying one fish. So I'm like, maybe I'm going to literally end up with this gorgeous tank with two clownfish. <laughs> and a great anemone. And a bunch of anemones. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be an anemone tank, you know? That's all that it is. Um, but I've always wanted a clownfish iron tank. And eventually what I'm going to do is I'm going to get rid of this tank. I'm going to upgrade this tank to 120 gallons. I'm going to put all of the clown, the clownfish and the anemones back in it. And I'm, I'm going to kind of start again. So yeah. anybody watching, 40-gallon tank, it's not big enough. <laughs> I, um, I tried. I, I love, tried. I love <laughs> clownfish. I, um, I, I don't really keep anemones. I tried anemones once. And that was a big, uh, it actually lasted one day because uh, after that, that evening after I put the anemone, bubble tip anemone into the tank, it got sucked into one of the uh, power heads. It just uh, killed itself. But um, I'm the worst at anemones. If you've ever, if you go back and watch my stuff, I suck at anemones. And I've had people comment being like, Matthew, you should just give up. So, And I, I respond, I'm like, I am not giving do up. Do not give I'm up. I'm going to learn how to keep anemones. <laughs> so thank you, Rogue Aquariums, for that super chat. So kind. Keith, nice to see you. Have Matthew hey. on your stream. His transparency in helping new reapers make the best decisions possible through his videos. So, um, yeah. That's very nice. nice thing to say there. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, so my, um, my experience is um, I love clownfish, and I have a pair in my 187-gallon tank. I really, for the new tank, I really wanted to keep two pairs of clownfish. But I knew it was going to be kind of um, a bit on the, um, you know, kind of like uh, yes or no on the, on edge, the edge yeah. in terms of whether or not I could do that. It's a six foot long by three foot wide by 20 inch tall tank. But um, knock, knock on wood, so far so good. I've got, um, I've got two pairs in there. And it's kind of odd behavior because um, during the day, they, the pairs spend um, time away from each other on opposite ends of the tank. But Boy. during the evening and, and night in the morning, when I wait, you know, when I come down in the morning and the tight tank lights are off, it, I believe at least three of them, possibly four of them, they're all sleeping together. <laughs> if someone, no, they're hanging totally. out, no, you know, I, I think with a six foot tank that gives, I mean, even if they like, as long as you have like two separate islands, you know, 
two separate areas where they can claim their own, I think you're going to be fine. But isn't that weird? Like Twilight, like clownfish are all best friends. Like it's the strangest behavior. And it's true in this tank too. Like, oh, we all get along. And then when the, when the sun comes out, oh my God, they are attacking like you would Yeah, no, believe. it's really, um, it's quite bizarre, but I, I just love it. And, and, um, the thing, the reason why I don't uh, keep anemones is pretty much every time I uh, have a clownfish pair, they'll find um, some LPS, whether it's a uh, Ganeapora or I've even had them in like in a leather coral. Nice. So it's it's great because that way you know I don't have to worry about the anemone moving around and stinging stuff. Although I've seen some kick-ass tanks, you know SPS tanks with anemones, and um, you know I've heard that if you put the anemone in first before the corals, that the anemone will find its happy place and that the uh, clouds will. Yeah, but. But that's no guarantee. Anemones are finicky. I mean, if you have SPS corals like you do, which I don't even, I mean, I have a couple SPS, like some of the most easy to keep ones, but like people like you are real experts with corals and they're so sensitive, you know? And so having an anemone in there, yeah. I mean, you're, you're kind of are rolling the dice. It is, it is a bit of a, uh, a risk, but um, I think it, it's something that um, people definitely do. And um, you can have success with that. But, yeah, I think you need to kind of, like, nail down the SPS first, that part of it all, and then um, kind of take the uh, the next plunge and if you want to do it on enemy. But, yeah, that's that hasn't been my thing. So um, let's talk about um, some things that you've learned along the way, you know, both successes that you've had and failures. What are What are some of the bigger successes that you've had in your journey in terms of reef keeping that you could uh, share? with us any any haha <laughs> moments aha moments i feel like i've had more failures <laughs> well, we'll talk about <laughs> that you know okay successes i think the biggest thing i've the biggest success the biggest thing i've learned is patience yeah, it's and, a great one. and it's i mean i can't stress how important it's been i used to have over here this will this is going to become a quarantine tank eventually, but I used to have a quarantine tank over here. And like you, I had a dino flagellate outbreak, which is a nightmare. Yeah. Everyone knows it's a nightmare, yeah. you know? And I had broken down tanks in the past, just like you have, because I was so frustrated. But I told myself, no, I'm not going to do it this time. Like, I'm going to figure it out. So I did. And I went to the forums and I watched the YouTube videos. And it took me three months, three months. You know, but I learned that as long as you're committed to what you're doing, you can figure it out. Yep. And, 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 and that's not always the case. But. But in this hobby, things can take months. And and realizing that and being like, OK, there's a problem now rather than give up. Let's try to figure it out. And maybe my solution won't work. But. Every single time I try something new, I've learned something new. And and for for those of us like you and me who share what we learn with the YouTube community, I think that's a super helpful thing. Like I I mean I don't go, you know, my goal when I make videos is not to be like, "Oh, I'm the most amazing reefer in the world." But it's also not to be like, "Oh, I'm the worst reefer in the world." But it's like do you, this is a hard do you hobby. Feel, um and I, I feel this sometimes too. Do you feel like you're on the spot? Like you're doing a video about something oh. and you're doing like the seahorse tank and whatnot and, or the, uh, the anemone tank. And, and it's like, all right, here we go. I've got a whole bunch of anemones coming in. I'm going to get the clownfish in there. And, 
All right. Uh, you know, everybody out in the world, I'm putting this out there and hopefully fingers crossed, this is going to work out. Does that, uh, well, I'm sure you've learned as well that there are people on YouTube who will leave you hateful comments, period. There's no way around that. When you choose a career on YouTube, you are going to have people say mean things to you and hurtful things to you. And you can either engage with them or you can let them brush yeah. off. And I have I never engage. I'm sure you I, I just don't. It's it's a waste of my time, it's a yeah. waste of my breath, it's a waste of my energy because honestly, at the beginning when I started YouTube, I took things really personally. It's you know? tough, man. You get um, some comments out there that are like really kind of hit pretty hard. The comments that hit the hardest are the ones that are close to the truth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? When they say something that you know you're not good at and they and they notice it and they point it out, that's hard. Yeah. Cuz I'm like I'm like of course, like obviously I know I'm not good at that. Why are you commenting? But I made a decision long ago, probably years ago, that I don't respond to negative comments. Now, I respond to criticisms. There's a difference. There's a fine line between people who have legitimate criticisms and people who are just haters, who are just trolls. Yeah. If you're a troll and you're a hater, you immediately get blocked from my YouTube. You can never watch my YouTube videos again. Yeah. Period. I don't respond to you. You're blocked. If you're on Instagram and you're a troll, you're immediately blocked. You can see my stuff, but I will never see your comments. But if you have a constructive criticism, while that might be difficult for me, I want to learn from that. And I have learned from those. And I will respond to you, you know? I can't even remember what we were talking about, but, uh, I, <laughs> well, the, but the question I, was, uh, I, I know you understand. Yeah, no, I, I think my, you know, the question is, um, do you feel any pressure when you're doing a video about something in terms of like a how to, and are you uh, worried that it's not going to work out the way you hopefully it will work out? Or are you comfortable enough that, um, you know what, Hey, I'm, um, I'm putting this out there. It may or may not work, but the chips fall where they may. You know, I think I've gotten comfortable. I wasn't at the beginning, but I've gotten comfortable that now I make so many videos. You know, I make, if I keep up my current pace, I'll make over 100 a year. That's, that's insane. Like, that's an insane amount of yeah. videos. And you can't stop and be super self-critical if you're making that many videos. You have to make content. And you know what? Some of them are going to hit, and some of them are going to be epic failures. And the best I can do is go through my routine, go through my, my, my process, and make the best content I can. And then when I'm wrong, which I am wrong, I learn from that and I get better next time. So I used to feel really kind of hypersensitive about it, but nowadays I'm not as hypersensitive, but I'm still a human being. I still read the comments. Brian Mac, you know, I'm sure you Brian do too. Mac one comments, people suck. That's one comment. <laughs> Uh, Mikey, Mikey <laughs> no colon. I, I hope that's the way to pronounce that name. Uh, the video and audio is crispy exclamation point. Good job. Great guest. So, <laughs> well, that's guess, nice. I, Thank you. What Mikey, Mikey, Mikey. Thanks Mikey. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is, it is tough because, um, I've, I've certainly, you know, when I did the peninsula tank build, I was like, man, what if this thing turns out and it just sucks? You know, all the things that I plan to do. <laughs> got sponsors of all that stuff and it's like whatever well you know people always say like oh thank you for sharing the things that go wrong but you know what when you're a content creator it's really tempting not to share uh, let me things. tell you man the, because... the dino outbreak i was like 
it took me so long and it was so hard to make yes. that video. I was like, man, this just sucks. Well, because not only do you feel terrible, but you know, and maybe people don't know this, when you make content about the failures, people love to like add on to your failures and say mean things. So when you're wondering why YouTubers only say positive things, it's because positive videos mean positive comments. And if you have negative videos, people leave negative comments. And that's But the hard. other thing about negative video or um, content that's not uh, hunky-dory in terms of the way it turns out is, uh, is, is um, you know, when I had that major uh, issue with the nitrate overdosing and killing all my fish, I felt so stupid and I felt really stupid about making the video but you know what what yes. what motivated me to make the video is maybe i could help somebody else avoid making the same mistake yep. right so that's yep. what's so important um yep. being a content creator and not just always focusing on the positive stuff hey look i got an awesome looking tank and things are great and life is just beautiful and watch me and hit that like button and subscribe you know i mean i do all that stuff but uh you know i you know, you know, this is, this reminds me, uh, when I was in Seattle, you know, teaching and stuff, you know, the, the seasons got to me, I got, I got sad in the winter time. So I had a therapist that time, you know, and I went to see a therapist and, you know, I was struggling a little bit and he's like, Matthew, the best thing for you is I want you to go to work and I want everybody to hate you. I want you to get <laughs> nothing but negative comments. And I was like, what? Like, you're my therapist. Why would you say that? And he's like, you know, because you're too sensitive and you need to realize that you need to do what you need to do and what people say doesn't matter, you know? And like, I was like, okay, I got what he said. So as you know, I'm sure you're the same way as I progressed in YouTube, you know, like those negative comments just don't bother me as much anymore because I realize you're not, well, first of all, you don't know who I am. Second of all, you're not worth my time if you're just negative, you know, I'm going to spend my time doing things that I love. And if you don't like it, then just don't watch me, you know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There's a lot of choices out there. There's a, yeah, there's right? a lot, there's a lot of choices out there. So, uh, where do you, where's all this going for you, man? What, um, you know, you're doing, now you're doing three videos a day. Yeah. What, 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 uh, what does the future hold for Matthew and, and bulk resupply and, and my first fish tank? You know, I've, I've always, I've always been, it's always been important to me to keep my brand, to keep my first fish tank. You know, I, I'm always going to be a beginner guy, period. I'm never going to go into an expert field. One, I'm not an expert. Two, I don't want the responsibility that goes with being an expert. You know, I, I'm just not. Um, bulk resupply has been a fantastic opportunity. And honestly, I see myself growing with bulk resupply. I really enjoy making content for them. Uh, but I always want to do more. I always, I always want to reach more beginners because I always feel that there's more people who have yet to enter the hobby than there are people in the mm -hmm. hobby, you know? And I feel like as of yet, I'm one of the only people out there to make consistent content for beginners, which baffles my mind. I don't know why, why anybody else hasn't picked up on this yet. Like you can make a killing with like beginner oriented stuff and content yeah. and gear and supplies. Um, you know, so I've thought about other things. I thought about, you know, hey, what if I, you know, what if I start my own beginner sets and I sell them? And but that's just not me. Like, I'm not a businessman. I'm just not. And I have friends who are, and they're like, hey, Matthew, we can totally help you. But like, I love what I do, and I like 
my life and I like living where I am. And if I can make a little extra money doing the things that I love, then that's how I want to spend my time. You know, so there aren't any like huge aspirations for my first fish tank to become like the number one brand. Like I, I, I just don't have that. I would like to make more money doing what I'm doing. But the most important thing to me is to make the content that I'm proud of that beginners will find helpful, you know? So I want to be known in 10 years as, oh my gosh, I got into the hobby because of that guy, because of Matthew, because of my first fish tank. And whether they see me at my first fish tank, whether they see me at Bull Grief Supply, I just, I want to be that guy for them, you know? And uh, I feel like I've started down that road and I hope I keep going down that road. Yeah, you know, I mean, in, in terms of the amount of time that you've put in, 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 in on uh, YouTube, I mean, um, 2015 is when you started on YouTube, yeah. right? You know, about the same for me. It's, um, you know, there's been some other folks out there that have been doing a lot longer than us that um, yes. have really established themselves. And, um, you know, so they've, they've set a really high bar. But that's, um, yeah. that's something that, um, you know, I think, I, uh, I learn from a lot of uh, content creators out there. I learn not only in terms of like my, my video making style, which is, um, <laughs> you know, I've got my own style, but um, I also, I also listen and, and um, you know, take in the kind of, um, you know, content that they're putting out there. And I do learn stuff, but um, yeah. you do have to be careful because there are some folks out there that might be, um, you know, not as informed and maybe passing along some, some misinformation. So you always have to uh, kind of filter out stuff. I mean, you talked about, you know, not uh, taking in everything you see on the uh, on the boards. The same is on social media, in terms of uh, what you see on Instagram and Facebook and and uh, and on YouTube. I mean, I think Instagram is um, is tough because it's really easy to post some pretty amazing looking pictures. And I think is there substance behind those pictures? I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm not knocking I'm not knocking Instagram. And there's some awesome reef keepers out there that have um, some great content that I follow and, and really enjoy. But then there's others that I kind of like, you got to wonder. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, a few months ago I was talking to Kat and she was like, Matthew, you really need to get on TikTok. Oh, I put my first and TikTok I, video up uh, yesterday. Okay. Well, okay. Stupid I'm, video. I, I'm, I'm not knocking you, but I told her, I said, I said, no, like I'm not going to do it because I don't want to. <laughs> like, I was like, I like YouTube because I get to craft what I want and I get to edit how I want and I get to put forth a product that I'm proud of and that I want the world to see. I don't, and, and again, I'm not knocking TikTok, I'm not knocking Instagram, but when I was doing Instagram, like people are like, oh, Matthew, like how did you get 12,000 Instagram followers? Because I posted twice a day, every day for a year. Like people think that, that like, I was just like this this terrible person who did all these things to get people to you, subscribe. You didn't, you like, didn't no. pay $25 for like 5,000 no. bots to uh, follow you? I didn't pay a cent, okay, everybody? <laughs> I didn't pay one cent for, for, for my Instagram followers. I posted twice a day for a year, okay? Nobody does that, you know? Like, so people are like, oh, no. I work my butt off to post. But what happened with me with Instagram is my whole day became Instagram. Mm. Every single moment in my life wasn't about experiencing the moment. It was about, oh, how can I capture yeah. this for Instagram? Yeah. And I hate that. Yeah. Like, maybe that's my 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 seminarian background, but like, 
I don't want to spend my day thinking about how others think. I, I want to spend my day enjoying my day, period. And so I've, I mean, I occasionally post on Instagram now, but it's no longer. And so like TikTok, there's no way I'm doing TikTok. <laughs> I'm not making funny videos to impress people. I don't care about that. And does that mean I won't grow as big? Okay, but I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, I, I put out my, my first uh, TikTok video yesterday, and it, it could be my last <laughs> one. It, it's just it's, it's such a corny <laughs> video, but um, I have like this, um, I've got some like large bubble algae in the peninsula tank, and every once in a while, one of these gigantic pieces of bubble algae will like dislodge and start bouncing <laughs> all over the tank. You know, I mean, it's like... So did you put some music to I it? Put like some, I put some like... circus music to it. And, nice. and uh, you know, the whole uh, big top circus thing, clown music or whatever you want to call it. And it's just did like a 40 second video of this stupid clown music, you know, and me following the uh, the bubble algae with my um, iPhone. And you probably have like a million followers already, right? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's um, I, I don't totally understand TikTok. My wife is starting to get into it. But my understanding is like there's just a lot of... Um, I don't know, just a lot of funny type of content, goofy stuff on there. Totally, and you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, yeah. I think it's probably generational yeah. as well, you know. And I would love to one day hire somebody to just manage my social media. There you, you go. Know? Because I, I understand there's people out there who find that really appealing, you know. And so if I could hire someone to do my Instagram and you know TikTok or Facebook, how about then great. How about, or, how about wait, cat? That's a good point. Cat <laughs> could definitely do it. <laughs> She's good. She's good. She is All right, good. man. I got she I got some good. rapid fire questions for you. Uh, okay. Do I have to answer quickly? Uh, it would help. You know. Okay. Yeah. I'll do it. Favorite fish? Saltwater. Clownfish. Yeah. Favorite coral? Frog spawn. Nice. Dream tank. 200-some-gallon Peninsula Tank Fowler. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. No, I love my Peninsula Tank. I never had one before, and uh, I just dig it. It's, it is awesome. I'm going to put it right here between this room where nobody can see. So it, it's a room, room divider. divider. That's yeah. the goal. My, mine is not really a room divider, but um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's really cool. It's, it's really, really pretty cool. Um, all right, man, listen, any, uh, anything else? Did we, we, uh, cover everything that, uh, we wanted to talk about here? I mean, I guess I'm asking the questions, but, uh, <laughs> I think we covered everything. Like I I'm amazed. I'm looking, like, I actually got YouTube on my phone just to see, I was like, Oh, this is what people are looking at. 62 people watching right now. Are you kidding me? That's like the most people that ever watch any of my videos. <laughs> like we're doing well, we're doing well here. That. I doubt that. I mean, I was watching hey, the BRS I mean, live uh, feed today. They had like 453 simultaneous viewers on. Okay. I mean, the well, they of... also have like 250,000 yeah, subscribers. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, I just, I'm just thankful for everyone. Like everyone who's watched and who supported me and who supported you. Like we couldn't do what we do and spend our time doing what we love to do without them. So yeah, everybody who's watching right now, everybody who's going to watch, thank you guys. Uh, it really means a lot to us, and we couldn't do what we do without you, so thanks. Ditto. Uh, a couple of comments. Brian Mac one. Where did you get the shirt? I think you mentioned that at the beginning of the show, right there. Aquaforest. It comes from Poland. <laughs> all the way from Poland. Uh, Reef with me. You both put out great content. Thank you both for all your hard work. 
Very much appreciate Thanks. that. So, um, all right, man. Well, listen, this was a lot of fun, Matthew. I'd love to, uh, it was very much do this fun. again, um, in the, uh, in the future. So yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's stay in touch. And, and maybe if, um, there's a, uh, a trade show, I don't know. I'm probably not going to be traveling out west anytime soon, but uh, who knows? Maybe our pa- pass will cross. I'm, I'm, I'm not coming out east either. Maybe we'll meet <laughs> yeah, in the middle. Yeah, we'll someday. meet in the middle. Well, there's the middle. uh, the um, whatchamacallit. Reef sock? No, um, in yeah. Milwaukee, uh, Magna next year. Oh, Magna. I'll yeah, be there. Me, me too. Will you be I there? Will. Okay. That's a I'll plan. see you there. Unless sure. there's a COVID spike, I won't be there. Hey, I know, exactly. <laughs> Unless there's a COVID spike. Um, only half of us smash the like button, other half can't find it. Laugh out loud. Yes. Aqua balls. I like that screen name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for this show. I want to give my sincere thanks to Matthew for being a guest on the uh, today's live stream. And I also want to thank Bulk Reef Supply again, as well as Ecotech Marine for sponsoring uh, Wrapping with a Reef Bomb and supporting the show. And thanks again to all you folks for, uh, for tuning in and for the folks that um, contributed via the Super Chat. Thank you so much. So, uh, and one more reminder about Wrapping with a Reef Bomb being available as podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Although I don't think anybody's found me on Stitcher yet, but uh, the other platforms, yes. <laughs> so my next live stream is going to be uh, next Thursday on November 4th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with, um, hopefully I'm getting his right uh, last name right, Ty Ta, also known as Farmer Ty. So he's a, uh, he's a stickhead uh, as I am, so that should be another great show. But until then, be safe, everybody, be well, and we will see you.